Welcome to 30 Minutes Towards Victory. Hi, I'm Greg Marcus. I'm the pastor of Imperial Valley Christian Center. This is our TV program, our TV ministry, 30 Minutes Towards Victory. We call it that because our purpose with this program is to help you to experience the victory in life that God wants you to have. God wants it to go well with you in life. God wants it to go well with you in life. God wants you to have a good life. That's what this TV program is all about. That's what we're all about at Imperial Valley Christian Center. Before I get started, let me say this. Listen, if you're not going to church, we want you to come on out to Imperial Valley Christian Center. If you want to experience the victory in life that God wants you to have, if you want to experience success in life, if you want it to go well with you in life, if you want to experience the triumph, the victory that God has provided for us through Jesus Christ, then you need to come on out to Imperial Valley Christian Center where you're going to grow, your faith is going to develop, you're going to hear the Word of God taught, you're going to surround yourself with people who believe that God wants you to have victory in every area of life. It'll encourage you, help you achieve and receive those things that God has provided for us. Sunday mornings, 9.30 a.m. Sunday mornings, 9.30 a.m. at Southwest High School in El Centro. I really, really, really would like to see you there. Okay, well, for the past several months, we've been on the subject of what is the purpose of Christianity? What is Christianity all about? For most Christians, the only thing Christianity is about, well, you know, live a good life, uh, go to church, don't lie, don't steal. You know, and when you go to heaven, when you die, you get to go to heaven. That's basically all there is to Christianity. So we've been looking at the Bible from the, at the words of Jesus, at the word of God to see what the purpose of Christianity is. And I've been showing it to you from different points of view. And, and I started off by saying this, listen, the facts of Christianity are these. Jesus was born of a virgin. Jesus went about uh, uh, gathering disciples, teaching those disciples, working miracles, healing the sick, doing all sorts of things like that. Uh, he died on the cross. After three days, he rose from the dead. He ascended to the right hand of the Father. He's coming again. Those are the facts. That's what happened. But why did Jesus do those things? Why did he come? What was the purpose of Christianity? Is, just, is he just some kind of spiritual travel agent? Was Jesus just some kind of spiritual travel agent? Was Jesus just some kind of spiritual travel agent here to get us tickets from earth to heaven once we're dead? No, that's not what the Bible teaches. And so last week, uh, we're moving on to a, a new section of this teaching of what is the purpose of Christianity. So last week, I, I reviewed for you where we've been. And let, let me just say it really succinctly right now. I started off by showing you months ago that before Jesus came, Satan was the king of this world. Then Jesus came and he began preaching about a new kingdom. We saw that the core of his ministry is, is identified with this phrase, the kingdom of God. Jesus said that was the gospel that he preached, the kingdom of God, the good news of the kingdom of God, the good news of the, really it should literally be the good news of the reign of God, of God. God's reign. And he said about that God's reign, he said the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God or God's reign is here now. We can now be delivered from the 
kingdom, the reign of Satan, and we can enter into the reign of God. We can be delivered from the reign of death in our lives, and we can now enter into the reign of life in our lives. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And that's what he was talking about. Then I started to show it to you from a different perspective. And that was this, that the reason the Bible teaches, the Bible says, God's word says that the reason Jesus came to the earth, the reason he died on the cross and rose from the dead was so that he could become king of the mankind. He could become the ruler over mankind. Well, I showed you a number of scriptures about that, showing you that God has given him all authority in heaven and on earth. He has set Jesus above every name that is named. He has given him authority, and the Bible says that he is now reigning. He's fighting against the enemies of God, those spiritual enemies of God, and he's in the process of reigning and putting them underfoot. And when that process is done, he will return. That'll be the end time, and he'll return the kingdom to the Father. He'll say, I got them all. I put all the enemies underfoot. And then he'll deliver up to the, the kingdom to the Father, the Bible teaches us. And then I said this, I said, Jesus reigns through the church. The reason we don't see Jesus putting more of these uh, uh, of the reign of death underfoot is because Jesus reigns through the church and the church has not been doing its job. And let me just show you one more point about that. Turn to Luke chapter 10. This is where we left, left off last week. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. I want you to see this. I want you to see that Jesus sent his disciples. In the Bible, Jesus sent his disciples to do things. To preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. To heal the sick. To set people free from that reign of Satan, to set people free from the reign of death in their lives. Hallelujah. So here in Luke chapter 10, it says this in verse 1, After these things the Lord appointed other seventy also, and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. Therefore he said unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers laborers into his harvest. So he's saying, yeah, you guys aren't enough. We need more. We need more. Who are those more? That's us, the Christians. That's us, the Christians. And here's what I want you to see from that. Jesus expects us to do the same thing those laborers were doing. The same thing those 70 disciples did when he sent them out. That's what Jesus expects us to do. The same things those 70 disciples did when Jesus sent them out, that's what Jesus is expecting us disciples to do. Hallelujah. So it says here in Luke chapter 10, it says he sent the 70 out. He gives them some more instructions, but skip down to verse 9, and here's Jesus' instructions to these 70 disciples. He just finished telling them, pray for more. Pray for more workers. Pray for more workers. That's us. That's us. We're the more. We're the more workers. But look what he tells them to do. Verse 9, and he, well, let's start at verse 8. And into whatsoever city ye enter and they receive you, each such things as are set before you. Verse 9, heal the sick that are therein and say unto them, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. God's reign has shown up. Can you see that when the sick are healed, that's God's reign is there? 
before the sick was healed, God's reign wasn't there. When the sick are healed, God has taken over there. God is reigning in that situation. Can you, before he wasn't reigning. How did he reign? He reigned through those disciples. Those disciples showed up on the scene. They began preaching to people, telling them the good news. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is here. And those who would accept it and believe it and receive it, they'd pray for them. And, they, and the sick would come. Well, the kingdom of God is here. God's reign is here. I can be free from this reign of sickness and disease. I can be free from the reign of death in my life, they'd pray for them and they'd be healed. Hallelujah. And the reign had come. How did God's reign show up there? Through those disciples. God reigned over that sickness and disease through those disciples. God reigned over that sickness and disease through those disciples. God exercised his rulership. He didn't just show up. He didn't just, you know, uh, decide, yeah, I'm, I'm reigning over there. See all those sick people? They're healed. You know what I mean? The sick people be done. Whoa, what happened? I'm healed. No, he didn't do that. He sent people to preach a message to them. When those people accepted and received that message, then they could be prayed for and they would be healed and God's reign would show up in their lives. That's exactly what Jesus is telling his disciples. He says, heal the sick that are therein and then say to them, the kingdom of God is here. God is reigning in your life right now. God has begun to reign in your life. Now God is reigning in your life. Or like one man put it, God has taken charge here. God, before God wasn't in charge. But when the disciples came, God became in charge. What do I, what do I want you to see? I want you to see that God reigned through the disciples. That God's reigning over sickness and disease. That God's reigning over death came through the work of those disciples. Verse 10. And well, let's get down to verse 17. The scripture we've read many, many times, but I need you to see something about it. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus reigns through the church, just like he reigned through those disciples. Jesus has been given all authority in heaven and earth. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that he is reigning until he puts all enemies under God's feet. Jesus is reigning until he puts all enemies under his feet. How does Jesus do this reigning? He reigns through the church. He reigned just like he reigned over that sickness and disease through those disciples. Hallelujah. Okay, now skip down to verse 17. What I want you to see is this. This is talking about you. This was those disciples. We are also disciples of Jesus. God, Jesus expects us to do the same thing those disciples did 2,000 years ago. Jesus expects us disciples to do the same things those disciples did 2,000 years ago. Jesus expects us disciples to do those same things that those disciples did 70, I mean 2,000 years ago, that those 70 disciples did 2,000 years ago. Listen, verse 17, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Lord, even the devils are subject. Who were they subject unto? Who were the devils subject unto? Who reigned over the devils? The disciples. They're subject unto us 
through Jesus' name. Can you see that that is saying that Jesus reigned through those disciples? That Jesus' reign was extended through the work of the disciples? The disciples are the ones who, who are doing it, but they're doing it in the name of Jesus. They're doing it in representing Jesus. They're doing it uh, for Jesus, on Jesus' behalf. Hallelujah. Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Hallelujah. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, all I want you to see in that, that passage of Scripture is this. We're disciples too. We're supposed to be doing the same thing those disciples were doing. Jesus is reigning on the earth right now, but he reigns through the church. Jesus is reigning right now, but he reigns through the church, just as he reigned through those disciples. Jesus reigns through the church, just as he reigned through the disciples. Okay, now that's the end of the of the review. I reviewed last week, this week for the first half of the program. Now I want to move on to the next point of this. What's the purpose of Christianity? What's the purpose of church? What's the purpose of the pastor? What's the purpose of the individual Christian? What's the, what are we supposed to be doing? What are we supposed to be doing? Well, we ain't supposed to be doing much, Greg. You know, I give an hour a week to God. What more could he want from me? He wants it all. He wants your whole life. Hallelujah. Dedicated to him. That's what he wants. Hallelujah. So I want to move on to the next point is this. How do we do these things that the disciples did? How do we do the how do we participate in this reigning that Jesus is doing? Hallelujah. I said that Jesus reigns through the church. How do we do this reigning? How do we do this reigning? How, yeah, you say, yeah, Greg, I can see it. I can, it's in the Bible. Yeah, I can see that we're supposed to be reigning. We're supposed to be reigning over the reign of death. We're supposed to be triumphing over the gates of hell. We're supposed to be reigning over evil spirits. We're supposed to be triumphing over sickness and disease, just like those disciples did, just like those laborers did. We're laborers. But how do we do it, Greg? How do we do this reigning? How do we do this triumphing over the gates of hell that Jesus said we're supposed to do? Hallelujah. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> let, me, let me start off this way. In order for us to reign as a church, there are two things that we need to do. Or put it differently, in order for us to enter into the kingdom of God, there are two uh, things we need to have. In order for us personally to enter into the redemption, the rescue, the salvation, the deliverance, the healing, the answered prayer that exists in the kingdom of God. In order for us to enter into that spot where God's reign is in our life. In order for us to enter into that thing where we're experiencing life and life more abundantly the way Jesus intended for us to experience. In order for us to take 
this reign of God out and find where Satan is reigning in the lives of people. Find where death is reigning in the lives of people. Find where sickness and disease is reigning in the lives of people. Find where poverty and lack is reigning in the lives of people. In order for us to take the reign of God out just like those disciples did, and, and liberate people from the reign of Satan, from the reign of death, from the reign of sickness, from the reign of poverty. There's two things we need. There's two things we need in order to be able to, to receive it for ourselves, to receive the reign of God in our lives for ourselves, to take that reign to others. There are two things that we need. In order for us to receive that reign of God into our lives for ourselves, in order for us to take that reign to other people, Hallelujah! There are two things that we need to do. There are two things that we need to do and two things we need to have and they are this. They are, uh, we need to learn to walk by faith. We need to learn to operate in faith. We need to, and we need to learn to walk in the Spirit. To, we need to learn to operate by faith. We need to learn how to operate by faith and we need to learn how to walk in the Spirit. We need to Walk by faith, and we need to walk in the Spirit if we're going to enter into the kingdom of God, if we're going to receive the blessings of God's reign into our life, if we're going to take the blessings of God's reign to other people, hallelujah, and rescue them from the reign of death in their lives. In order to do that, we need two things. What are those things? We need to learn to walk by faith, and we need to learn to walk in the Spirit. We need to learn to walk by faith, we need to learn to walk in the Spirit. One thing that I've, I've learned in the time that I've been uh, pastoring is this, is that most Christians have absolutely no idea what it means to walk by faith. Most Christians have absolutely zero idea what it means to walk by faith. Hallelujah. Most Christians have no concept of what faith is. They don't know how faith comes. They don't know what to do when they, faith comes. They don't know how to continue holding on to their faith. They don't know how to fight the fight of faith. They don't know anything about faith. And yet there are two things that we need, and one of them is faith. In order for us to do what Jesus has called us to do, in order for us to receive the reign of God in our lives, we need to learn to walk by faith. Let me show that to you. Turn in our Bibles to, we just saw in Luke chapter 10. But let's go over to Mark chapter 1. Let me start this way. Go over to Mark chapter 1. The Gospel of Mark chapter 1. And I want to show you that Jesus said that in order to, to enter into the kingdom of God, we need faith. Look here in Mark chapter 1. Verse 14, now that after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel or the good news, the fantastic news, the great news of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Saying the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Now Jesus says this, he said the time is fulfilled. He didn't say someday the day, time will be fulfilled. He said it's fulfilled. I like to put it this way. It's like in modern language, we could put it this way. Instead of saying the time is fulfilled, we could say the day has arrived. Jesus stood up and his message was, the day has arrived.
arrived. The kingdom of God is here. The day has arrived. The kingdom of God is here. The day has... That was Jesus' message. How do you know that was Jesus' message? Greg, because it tells us right there. He went around preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. But now I want you to see something. Do you notice that he didn't just start saying, okay, you're healed, people. You're healed. Yeah, here's the kingdom of God. He just finished telling us the time was fulfilled and that the kingdom of God was at hand. In other words, that the kingdom of God is here, that God's reign is here, that God is now reigning, that his reign is now available. His reign is now here. Hallelujah. And yet he doesn't start reigning. He doesn't find out. Look, see those blind people? Now they're not blind. See those sick people? Now they're not sick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In fact, what he tells them after that is, repent ye and believe the gospel. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Now, the word repent, some of the Catholic Bibles, it says that do penance. Do penance. In other words, you know, uh, do something to show remorse or something to uh, kind of pay for your sins, you could say. But the word doesn't mean that. The word repent literally means to do an about face, to change your mind, to go in an opposite direction. You know, like in the army, they say, about face. That's what repent means. It means stop going the way you've been going and go the other way. Hallelujah. What does he tell them? He says, repent and believe. Repent and believe. They got to believe if they're going to enter into the kingdom of God, even though he has just finished telling them the time, the day has arrived. The kingdom of God is here. And yet he tells them they got to do something. They got to stop going the way they've been going and they got to start believing the good news. What was the God? Believe the gospel. What was the good news? What is it they're supposed to believe? The time is fulfilled. That was the gospel. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Believe it. Believe that the kingdom of God is at hand. Believe that the time is fulfilled. Believe that the day has arrived. Believe that the God's reign is now here. Believe it. He tells them they got to believe it. He, te- he doesn't just start showing it. He doesn't just start reigning. God doesn't just start reigning in people's lives. God doesn't reign in people's lives until they start believing, until they enter into faith. What do I want you to see? What am I talking about? I said, in order for us to enter into the kingdom of God, in order for us to experience God's reign in our life, in order for us to experience the reign of life in our lives, in order for us to experience life and life more abundantly the way Jesus talked about it, we got to enter in by faith. We got to enter in by faith. Turn over to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. This is scripture we looked at in great detail. Scripture, set of scriptures we looked at in great detail where I showed you, starting verse 15, Romans chapter 1, verse 15. This is the Apostle Paul and he says this, So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. And I showed you from the Bible, we looked at a number of scriptures from the book of Acts showing you that the gospel that Paul preached was the same gospel that Jesus preached. What was the gospel that Jesus preached? We just read about it right over there, right? Jesus, after that John was put in prison, he went about preaching the gospel 
of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. So what gospel did Jesus preach? He preached the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God. And that's the same gospel that we saw. I don't want to go back and look at it right now, but that we saw, I showed you in detail, that Paul preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. That was his message. Well, when Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom of God, what would he say? When Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom of God, what would he say? When Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom of God, what would he He'd We just saw it there in Mark chapter 1, verse 15. And saying, verse 14, Jesus went around preaching Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, what did he say? What follows and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. So when Paul preached the gospel of the kingdom of God, what do you suppose he said? He said something completely different. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom of God, and what would he say? The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is... The good news, folks, is God is here to reign in your life. The reign of life is here. Life and life more abundantly is here. The day has finally arrived to be set free from the reign of death, the reign of Satan, the reign of sickness, the reign of poverty. The reign of life is here. The reign of abundance is here. The reign of of healing is here. That's what Jesus preached. He said the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God, the reign of God is at hand. It's here. So now if when Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom of God, that's what he said. When Paul preached the gospel of the kingdom of God, what do you suppose he said? Well, I think he probably said the same thing. And that's what he's summing up for them right here in this passage of scripture. Verse 15, Romans chapter 1, verse 15. What do I want you to see? I need you to see that in order for us to enter in to that kingdom of God, in order for us to take that deliverance of the kingdom of God, that rescue, that safety, that uh, uh, delivering redemption rescue to the people who are under the reign of death, we got to do that by faith. Jesus told them to repent and believe. Now I want you to see that Paul says that only by faith do we enter in to that rescue, that reign of God, that life and life more abundantly. Romans chapter 1 verse 15, so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Which gospel did he preach? The gospel of the kingdom of God. What did he say? I'm assuming he said the same thing Jesus preached when he preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God unto salvation. Now, when we read that salvation, that word salvation, we read it with religious eyes. We hear it with religious ears. And to us, salvation means accepting Jesus. To us, salvation means going to heaven when you die. But what the word literally means, what the word salvation literally means is deliverance. It's rescue. In fact, that word is often in the Bible translated healing. Healing. I like to read it that way so we could read that for it is the power of God unto healing for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto healing. I'm not ashamed of the good news of of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the good news of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation, unto healing, unto deliverance. Let me back up for a second. Now, here it says the gospel of Christ. 
Now, in English, we read the gospel of Christ, and we could mean by that the gospel which Christ preached. Or we could mean, in other words, the gospel which belonged to Christ, the gospel of Christ. Hallelujah. The gospel of Christ is the message that Christ preached. Or it could mean the message about Christ. But here, we know that the message that Paul preached was what? It was the gospel of the kingdom of God. I showed that to you, right? The gospel, we know the message that Jesus preached was what? It was the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so here when he says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, he's not saying the gospel about Christ. He's not saying the gospel about Christ. He's saying that gospel of Christ. Christ's gospel, the gospel which Christ preached, which I preach too. Hallelujah. Okay, so now we go on. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What was the gospel of Christ? What was the gospel that Christ preached? The gospel of the kingdom of God. What did he say when he preached that gospel? The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. The reign of God is here. Hallelujah. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What is the gospel of Christ? The gospel of the kingdom of God. What would he say when he preached that gospel? The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Unfortunately, I'm out of time. But I'm not finished. Come back next week. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.